Hey, dear listeners, this week's episode of... You can say it. No, I can't. You can Unqualified. Unqualified? You're so close. Here. Okay. Hey, dear listeners, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, State Farm, for supporting Unqualified. Friends don't usually have answers to your insurance questions, but State Farm agents do, and they are ready to help with more insurance options than you can imagine. Check out statefarm.com today to find an agent in your neighborhood. State Farm, talk to an agent today. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Elizabeth Ann Kaplan was born June 30th, 1982 in Los Angeles, California. All true? Her first acting role was on the cult television series Freaks and Geeks. She received wider recognition with roles in the films Mean Girls and Cloverfield. From 2013 to 2016, wow, that's already so long ago, she played Virginia E. Johnson on the Showtime series Masters of Sex. Okay, can I stop you? Would you mind doing it in a Cockney accent? Elizabeth Ann Kaplan. <laughs> oh my God. I can't I w- do it. I'm about I actually to like have more to add to that. Like the few British followers that I have, but I love you, UK. You guys know that. Yeah, they're they're great, but Fuck. yeah, but I don't know. If you're you... fucking married, yeah, to one of them. Yeah, so I feel like that would have been like a Cinderella shoe for you. Uh, well, unfortunately, have you like gotten into like the accent thing? No, and it's funny you bring this up because I realize that every American that goes to England starts talking in the accent, every single one. And there's like varying degrees, but. Without fail, at least you start to do the cadence, even if you haven't changed your accent. And it happens to everybody. And I was adamant that it wasn't going to happen to me. So right. much so that I had to do an English accent in something recently and realized I have no idea how to do it. Do you think that's like a manners thing? Like that you have to structure your sentences in a more educated... For polite society, you dumb American. Have you made a lot of friends over there? I have made... A decent amount of friends. What does that mean? Tell me if you agree with this. Okay. When you get to your 30s, yeah. it's about weeding out oh, people yes. in your life yeah. yeah, instead of making new friends. Yeah. Up to that point, it's all yeah. about collecting all your friends. Yeah. So it's very weird to move to a new country when you've weeded out a lot of people and then all of a sudden have to like make all new friends, which requires friend dates getting to know people time time well time and, <laughs> is something i have a lot of over there my theory is that mm-hmm. um as we grow older our brain cells die so we don't need quite as much we're more accepting of like the state of the union agreed <laughs> i do i'm with you i agree thank you yeah. got dumber need less <laughs> But yes, it's like in there they go on a lot of walks and parks and have chats with yeah. these wonderful women. And I have made some really great friends. Luckily, my husband's friends are all fantastic. So I just kind of inserted myself into Are that they group. a lot of them actors? Yeah. Oh. The vast majority. It's different there than it is here. Like here, so much of the extra stuff 
seems to carry almost as much weight as the acting itself. There, it's very much about the acting first. So they, they take it more seriously. They're pretty much across the board trained, and they do a lot of theater, and they're not in it to make money at all. But then eventually, you know, everybody has families, and then they realize they want to have money. So it's tricky. Yeah. And one thing that is absolutely true is if you offer a British person a cup of tea, their eyes light up. It cures everything. A good day, cup of tea. A bad day, cup of tea. <laughs> I think the last time I saw you was at that crazy event um, that happens, Day of Indulgence. Yes. I think that was the last time. I think that was the last time I saw That's you. That's probably true. There was another Day of Indulgence that I missed this year, so now I have to figure yeah, out how to get well, shampoo the elsewhere. Last, <laughs> the last one that I saw you at was like a year, two years ago, I guess. Yeah. They happen in the summer, right? Yeah. So like a year and change. Yeah. Can I tell you what happened? Yes, please. Okay. I bought this trucker hat that said California. Fun. And you were looking like smoking hot. No super. No, no, you fucking were. And you like super stylish. I remember you wearing these like really cool like shoes. Like you always look fucking cool. And you were like, oh my God, Anna, you're getting a trucker hat. And I was like, I already bought it. I now I feel embarrassed and I can never wear it. (laughs) I really hope that you've been carrying that with you. Yep. Yep. That's the kind of influence you have oh on people, Lizzie. Well, so when you go back to the UK, <laughs> just remember you have power yeah. to insult people. You're right. You're right. I deeply apologize for That's that. There's okay. no That's way okay. that I would shit on a California trucker hat. Fuck! I should have brought it and I should have given it to you. My husband would have actually loved that. He is late to the trucker hat game, but he has gone in hard. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Also, all I know about those day of indulgence things. I'm very grateful to be invited. I'm always happy to go. I always feel like the weird little gutter rat in the corner. Oh, completely. You know? It's very intimidating. Actresses, they look so clean all the time. But it's also like, oh my God, there's all the actresses. They, I know. Like, they, they smell so nice. They smell so good. Their dresses. And they're getting pedicures. I know. And I'm like, oh. I never feel anything other than so out of place. I'm just worried that I stole something that I wasn't (laughs) supposed to. No, it does. It feels like a real smash and grab that event. And I didn't realize this until I started spending more time away from LA, but it's like a constant thing. Even when you're not working, you're surrounded by other people who do this and, you know, varying degrees of success. But you, one, I think focuses on the ones that are doing better yeah. More often. And it just seems like everybody else has it all figured out. But I, you know, I have to believe that's not true. It's definitely not true. I don't know <laughs> if you have felt this, but as I get older, I don't care as much about any of it. I just don't. It's, it's probably hurting my career. How little well, I care about it. I do think that I've become a less jealous person. For sure. And I can't tell if that's like my brain cells diminishing. So I just don't have like the I think you're selling yourself a little short and it actually sounds like a lot of personal progress instead of your brain depleting. Well, yeah, you know, it's just there's only so much room up there. Maybe consider that it's a positive thing that you've done work on yourself and now you can like right size things. But don't you think, Lizzie, I mean, you've been acting in L.A. forever and by forever, I mean Forever. 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 But there were those times, like, in my 20s, when I was so 
envious. I would see like the same people at auditions Mm -hmm. and I would lose roles to like the same people. And now I can't really get an audition. So (laughs) I started a podcast. (laughs) I think that has to do a little bit for me, at least with when you're that young and you start that young in this business, you're figuring out your own identity at the same time you're figuring out your professional identity and that can get really confusing and it can all start to feel like one thing, which is just, this is my life. And so I'm really focused on this. And then as you get older and you get like a real life outside of work, it becomes easier to navigate it. Yeah. I hope. I mean, I I do think that's what's happening with me. I just, my career and a job, it's just not, it's nowhere near everything anymore. So Can I ask you, what were you like in high school? Like, if you went to your high school reunion, I wouldn't. I would never. But how do you think that people would describe you? What do you think their memories of you in high school would be? Well, I'm lucky in that a lot of my friends are my friends from high school. That's one of the good things about being from here. I also went to this really cool little acting performing arts program within a huge public Los Angeles high school. So... There were, I don't know, thousands of kids at this school, but we had our little artists enclave. It was like a competition for who could be weirder or gayer or any of the things you'd be bullied for in other high schools. It just didn't exist for me or or anybody at this school, which is kind of magical and wonderful. So I think that people probably would say the same stuff about me now. Like, she was sarcastic and thought she was, like, tough, but... But secretly vulnerable. What? <laughs> I know. I know. So if I wore my California trucker hat, you what? might not make fun of me. A loser. <laughs> what was loser? your high school like? Oh, God. It was so generic. Edmonds Woodway High School. We were the Warriors. I don't know. <laughs> like There was nothing cool about drama club were the jocks popular was it like that kind of vibe yeah it's every high school movie yeah yeah so it seems kind of except wistful imagine every high school movie but with a super low budget the indie version yeah got it <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so wait did you have any posters on your wall growing up yes what Pulp Fiction. Oh, my God. Oh, you I were know. hipster. Points for originality. Pulp Fiction. Still, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. Listen, still yeah. is a great yeah. movie. And then I collected... You know those, like, in public bathrooms, they started having those postcard displays? They would just have, like, 20 different postcards, and they were just, like, little leaflets. Like, so where, like in a adver- club? No, like, in restaurants and around... It was just like a fad. I don't know if anybody remembers. I just went to McDonald's when I was a kid. <laughs> they I, may have had them in McDonald's. I never went to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Well, that I explains just, it. It was a drive through and it was my mom. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. You never got to enter. Yeah. Uh, so my wall was also, I collected these that things. That's kind of and fucking I, like, rad. Wallpaper. I mean, not really, because they were, like, were ads for random shit that I didn't like yeah, necessarily but, stand but behind. But it's subversive. There's like weird about it. I liked clutter in my childhood bedroom. Are your parents still together? Well, my mother passed away when I was a oh, kid, God, but they I'm were sorry. together. Shit. It's not on the Wikipedia, Lizzie, and no. you never brought it up to me at Dave oh, Indulgence. <laughs> You're right. I need to lead with that at Dave yeah. Indulgence yeah. more. Shit. 
Yeah, when you go through that, you have a lifetime of people asking you that question, and then you have to, you know. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. No, no. No. Stop. All right. No. Is your dad remarried? No. I okay. wish that he was remarried, but he is not remarried. Well, let's find him a mate. Ugh, good luck with that. He's actually a, a, a catch, you know? He's a Jewish widower. Is he here in L.A.? Yeah. And All he's right. had a lot, a lot of girlfriends over the years. Oh, many, many girlfriends. Oh, okay. What's yes. the youngest one been? Actually, only one was young. And she was, it was when I was in high school and she was in her, I think she was in her like mid or late 30s, but that didn't last. Most of them have been very age appropriate. But I do wish that he got remarried because then there's somebody who's uh, taking care of your parent as they get older. Oh, gosh, I know. Are your parents together? Yeah. I mean, I'm always in awe of people whose parents are still together. My brother and I were talking, though, about how I have an older brother, and he is on his third marriage. Damn. And I've been around the block twice now. And uh, we were talking about, like, statistically, aren't we supposed to be, with our parents still being married, aren't we supposed to be... Like the the people that don't ever get divorced. I definitely have friends whose parents are still together and it took them a really, really long time to find somebody or they're still looking for somebody. I think there's like that, I don't know, if your parents' marriage is actually really strong, trying to live up to that, yes, there's that that's element. exactly what we concluded. I mean, that's how we let ourselves off the hook. I believe it. But, but yeah. <laughs> I but sign off on what you and your brother decided in this heart to heart. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love him, but man, he was kind of a jerk to me growing up. Was he? Oh. oh. Did you have an older brother? Yes, no. I have an older brother. Wait, how old? He's two years older than I am. Oh, and then so I have an older you know. sister, too. Oh. Yeah. So you're youngest? Yeah. Fuck. I know. Did I you know. get, like... Beat up? Yeah. My sister was more uh, of the violent, <laughs> the violent one. My brother is actually the sweetest soul on the face of the earth. He's like a gentle, sweet angel. So I probably bullied him more than he bullied me. I could see that. Remember my California trucker hat? Yeah, I remember. (laughs) We didn't forget. Lizzie Kaplan, dear diary. She seems like she's really nice and I really want to like her and I really hope she likes me, but turns out she's kind of a bully and I don't know what to do. More later. (laughs) Do you have... A biggest fear or phobia? It's a tough one because there's the easy one, which is like, yeah, I'm afraid of spiders uh, and I'm very afraid of them. But uh, then there's the larger answer, which is like, yes, I I fear death. (laughs) Yeah, I fear death. So I was in Massachusetts for the past seven months shooting this Castle Rock show that I just finished. And now I have a new actual fear like a severe phobia, but it's not of spiders anymore. It's of ticks. Oh. Dude. Dude. Yeah, I hear you about the tick. I hear that you about was really the tick. crazy. I'm not afraid of spiders, but yeah, not into the tick. Ticks are fucked up. Maybe they're, they're so gonna evil. fucking take over. Yeah, there's also like the populations are exploding, and it happens now like twice a year. And then there's a new tick that comes around that if it bites you, you you have no symptoms, but you're dead in two days. They're just straight evil little things. You know how, like in Aliens? Yeah. Which we've been revisiting lately. Good pick. Yeah. Thank you for (laughs) at least your compliment for my taste. Yeah, great taste. Are ticks the rightful owners 
of this planet. I think that... And we're not. We're we're the fucking aliens. It's either going to be robots or ticks. (laughs) Dear listeners, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, State Farm. So... Apeldon Sharufa, also known as the mountain beaver, is a North American rodent. It is the only living member of its genus and considered to be a living fossil. It is not to be confused with the North American or Eurasian beavers to which it has no relation. Mountain beavers are asocial and live in burrows consisting of a network of tunnels built in deep soil. The entrances to these burrows often contain clumps of wilted vegetation, which the beaver uses as a food source as well as nesting material, because who doesn't like to eat their nest? Mountain beavers seldom travel more than a few meters from their burrow entrances, taking advantage of the protection such burrows offer from predators. From home and auto insurance to investments in baking, State Farm agents are there for you as you face the unexpected, manage the risks of everyday living, and build your dreams. With over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the country, there's an agent near you who can help when a mountain beaver burrows under your house and you have to rip up your floors to figure out what that horrible smell is. (laughs) So check out statefarm.com to find an agent in your neighborhood. State Farm, talk to an agent today. And no mountain beavers were harmed in the making of this ad. This week's episode of Unqualified is brought to you in part by Shutterfly. When it comes to creating cards and gifts that are meaningful, there are no rules. There's only you and your relationships, and no one knows those better than you. Shutterfly makes the holiday season that much easier. A few clicks on their free mobile app, and that favorite photo you posted on social media can have a new life as a holiday card. But you don't need the perfect photo. You don't really need a photo at all. There aren't any rules to sharing what's important to you, and Shutterfly has designs to fit every style and budget. I have to say that I am tempted to get a bunch of random strangers together for a fake family vacation photo and then describe what everyone has been doing all year. You know, like, oh, we finally took that trip to the Amazon and Jenny discovered a fungus which might be a superfood with even more antioxidants than blueberries. We are all so proud of her. And Tommy finally got out of juvie and has taken up the clarinet. From photos and cards to books and personalized gifts... Shutterfly can help you celebrate your relationships and connect in a meaningful or unusual way. I really like Shutterfly. I like it that their goal is to bring people together, and that's really what the Unqualified podcast is all about. Visit Shutterfly.com slash Anna and enter promo code Anna, A-N-N-A, to redeem your exclusive limited time offer of 40% off everything. You will also get a free set of labels and two 8x10 prints. This week's episode of Unqualified is brought to you in part by Chrysler. I thought we needed two cars to get my family to the airport, but thanks to my borrowed Chrysler Pacifica and its best-in-class storage capacity, I was able to take all eight of us and all of our luggage, and no one would ever accuse us of packing light. (laughs) Unfortunately, I wasn't able to really demonstrate the 20-speaker sound system because no one could agree on what we would listen to. There was a moment when the family Thanksgiving was in danger, but the Uconnect theater system saved the day and enabled everyone to choose whatever entertainment they wanted. The Chrysler Pacifica is also a 2019 top safety pick, which is very reassuring to someone who has been self-diagnosed with sternotophobia. The Pacifica has 360-degree surround-view cameras, so you can see everything around you. Forward collision warning with active braking provides audible and visual warnings, even applying the brakes if you really need them. 
The blind spot warning helps you make safer lane changes and alerts you when it detects a vehicle entering a blind spot. All of this means that a badly timed sneeze won't lead to a fender bender. So, Chrysler is offering unqualified listeners two offers. Employee pricing on 2019 model year Chrysler Pacificas, or you can visit PacificaIsQualified.com to receive a $1,000 offer on a Chrysler Pacifica hybrid model. That's all one word. P-A-C-I-F-I-C-A-I-S-Q-U-A-L-I-F-I-E-D.com. I love you, dear listeners. Thank you so much for being a part of Unqualified, and thank you for supporting our sponsors. Do you want to do an improv? Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's say you are at the St. Regis okay. in Aspen. Okay. It's February. It's President's Day weekend. Well, I'm impressed you know that President's Day weekend is in February. I'm not even quite sure okay, it is. Cool. It could be in January, but <laughs> right. I can't quite remember. It's but I in think the winter, it's February. Even that you knew we it was all in know it's in February, okay. right? Okay. Everybody. I'm pretty sure. Well, could be, it really could be in January. Seems like it's a pretty important part of the setup. So. Okay. Well, Chad mm. doesn't really know. Okay. So you've been skiing in, or snowboarding, whichever one you prefer. Do you have a preference? No. I'm okay. not. Let's say you've been skiing. Okay. I think I would actually pick skiing. Okay. I've only been like three times to a snowy mountain that I had to get down. Also, you have been promoting your movie called Lake Joseph, Idaho. Wow. Yeah. At the Aspen Film Festival. Got into Aspen. Got into Aspen. I knew it would. Yeah. Of course. You From could. the minute yeah, I read the script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you're at the St. Regis. Yeah. You've done your couple days of press. You're taking a couple days for skiing or whatever. All right? Okay. All right. Cassie, feel like being bartender? Okay. St. Regis bar. Mm-hmm. Apres mm-hmm. ski. Mm-hmm. Ready. Oh, man. It got fucking icy out there. Hey, Amber. Uh, yeah. Hey, could I get a Macallan 18? Yeah, one Macallan on the rocks? On the rocks, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Yeah. Can I get you anything? Yeah, you... I'll get your drink. I'll have, I'll have the same, but but no rocks. No rocks, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll be right back. She's the best. She's the fucking best. She seems really friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's really cool. Like, I've been coming here for years, and uh, you know what's weird? Hmm. We actually met before. We have? Yeah. But where? We met... And I didn't mean to be like all creepy weird dude, uh-huh. whatever. I'm chat by the way, but uh, but we met at the chateau. Okay. Like, I don't know, like six, seven months ago or something. Six or seven months ago. Yeah. What were we doing there? You were, I don't know. We were there for like a Hollywood fucking party. Like, I started this startup, um, and uh, it's like a, it's an app or whatever, and uh, and. My company was sponsoring, uh, like, I think a movie or a project or something you were doing or whatever. Great. And we we actually, like, we had this really cool fucking time. I was, uh, it sucks you don't remember me. Oh, no, I, I remember you, Chad. I remember this exact thing that you're talking about. And what a charming conversation. And what a crazy coincidence to run into you here now. Yeah, yeah, it is fucking crazy. I mean, but that's how life works. It's just fucking crazy. Like, like people don't always believe in coincidence, but right. 
It's fucking real. Chad, you have a real spiritual outlook. I got to tell you something. First of all, um, I saw you on the slopes today. Yeah. You're pretty fucking good. But you Thanks. could do, like, if you want any, like, mogul improvement mm-hmm. lessons or yeah, skills yeah. or whatever, tomorrow I can totally take you out if you want. Oh, my God. Chad, you'd be willing to come out on the slopes with me and tell me what I'm doing incorrectly? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's no problem. That's so yeah, cool of you. Unfortunately, no I have to fly out tomorrow morning. Oh, man, that fucking sucks dick. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally sucks dick. Yeah, <laughs> That's crazy. I'm flying out actually tomorrow night. I got a jet. You have your own jet. Yeah. Wow. I was just dropping that in casually into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you if you can like hang. Then uh, like you could easily like you know come on our plane. No it's, like, way. Pretty fucking cool. So yeah. you're buying me like an expensive drink and then offering to fly me somewhere in your private plane. You left an impression. Dreams do come true. <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life for this. I gotta tell you though, so I also was at uh, that screening at the Directors Guild. Yeah. Of uh, what was it, Lake Lake Joseph, Idaho? Yeah. Yeah. That was a really fucking cool movie. Yeah. Thank you. I'm super proud of it. It was like fucking scary and yeah. it was funny and it was like and your character was so fucking crazy like what was her journey about you know i think it's just about uh family and how that can be such a wonderful yeah, but comfort you killed them all right? well, yeah but also it could be like a little a little bit of a challenge sometimes you know those close-knit bonds and yeah to be honest chad it's so nice after a, two days of of junketing for this movie to just get yeah. to sit down at a at a bar and talk to a guy like you Fuck yeah. more about yeah, the movie. Yeah, because it's like, because this is real. Mm. This is like the real shit that yeah. you never get. Totally. And then you can like go on and tell your friends that like we're friends yeah. and you got like the yeah. inside scoops. Yeah. So happy that we found are ourselves you, next like, to each other. Are you like with a dude or like? Um, unfortunately, uh, I'm married. Otherwise. But if you could do like any role. Yeah. That, you ever wanted to oh what a great question oh my god that is like i've been honestly i've been waiting to be asked that question forever real real great stuff um i would love to take on the role of a trophy wife well that's fucking cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. going on you might have to get like bigger tits or whatever i know thanks chad i i do know chad this is you stayed in with chad longer than anybody else I really like Chad. He's got his... Chad's like really an earnest guy. Yeah. I think he's a feminist. What was tricky about that... What? Is that in reality, I would never get to have a conversation that long with a Chad. It would be over in two sentences. And that's what I loved about what you just did. Because sometimes when I've done Chad in the past, people are like, bye. Can't do that in improv. First rule of improv. Always say yes. Always say yes. In this case, yes to Chad. You were great. <laughs> I think you should get rid of all the rest of this podcast stuff and only do Chad and have 90 minute episodes. Everyone wants to hear Chad for 90 <laughs> minutes. I do. I need a little bit of Chad every day now. You know, there's something to explore with Chad. I agree. There's like, like, I wonder if he like makes 
amazing, like, Ribaletta. Ooh. Or, like, did he have an uncle that climbed K2 and he wanted to as well? And he never or, could measure up to Uncle K2. There's things to explore with Chad. I agree. I think he, you're just scratching the surface. <laughs> there's a lot more than meets the eye to Chad. What makes Chad tick? Oh, Your next Chad. podcast. Oh. Chad has some pain in his past. Yeah. That's yeah. So very yeah, clear. Yeah, he does. He sure does. God um, bless him. Lizzie, can I ask you some relationship questions? Yeah. And you totally can truly pass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did you meet your significant other? Well, it's a very long story. So the (laughs) the very, very short version of the story is I saw him. It was like a billboard for a television show he was on, on a bus, and his shirt was off. And his body was looking nice. And I was very what? recently single. And I was like, I don't know how to date. I don't know how this works. I want to go out with that guy. And then I called around asking about him. And he was in a relationship and lived in England. And it was like a non-starter. Cut to three years later, I went to go shoot a movie. And we somehow connected, which is the long, 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 long story, which is too long for this. And uh, I trapped him. Lizzie. This is a fucking incredible story. It's pretty crazy. You're like a huntress. I know. And I've never been You're a huntress like before. You're like fucking Diana. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I got my man. It's crazy. I've never been like that before. I've always been extremely passive when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I wanted to see that torso in and, the flesh. And then how long? So three, I think it was three years later and he was ending the relationship that he was in when I first asked about him and they were sorting out like because they lived together and I was going to be there for four months and I was coming out of another relationship and my best friend and I were out to dinner and she's like you need to just have a fun time in England let's look at English actors so we literally googled English actors under 40 and his name came up as one of them. I was like, I know that guy. Oh, that's amazing. And then it's like, oh, shit, it's the guy from three years ago. And weirdly, the show that he was on, my best friend and I are friends with the showrunner. And so he really didn't want to go on any dates with anybody because he was like a recently single man after a very long relationship. And so he didn't reach out to me forever. And then he thought I was back in L.A. and it was safe to reach out to me. And he did. And I was like, nah, motherfucker, I'm still here for three months. Let's get together. (laughs) Yeah. I I really was like, this isn't going to work because how could it ever? You can't ever like pick somebody literally like out of a lineup and then have it work out. But we had a great first date. And then our second date, we went to Paris on a whim because you can do that there it's like going to san diego from la so we just like went to paris had a great time and then i had to come back to la like a couple months later and i was like i don't want to go on dates with other people i only want to go on dates with you and he was like me too and he came to la it was supposed to be a couple weeks and he stayed for like seven months and then i went to london for nine months and now we're married oh and now he has a green card as of this week Oh, I love that, though. Yeah. I love that. He's really, really wonderful. You'll meet him. He's like, I would like the to. greatest. We're here for two months before we have to go back to England for a good long stretch. And yeah, 
All we want to do is see people while we're here because we haven't been in LA since January. Does he have annoying British habits that bother you? Or and do you have annoying American habits that bother him? Uh I can't answer about the American. I assume that it it is a culture shock because American women are mouthy and like they really are. I find his British stuff really funny. And sometimes when we're in an argument, I have to like step out of it and be like, oh, look at his little accent. That's cute. Okay, so wait, what does Tom do to cheer you up? To cheer me up. I know it's a tricky one, right? Because most people don't do anything to cheer their partners up. I know. They're it's just like, oh, here's a pet. Yeah, or the healthy person is like, I will see you when you feel better. I'm going to live my life happily while you're in this mood. But who can actually pull that shit off? You know, it's not that interesting, but a little dance, a little dance and a little song, preferably in he underpants. Da- he does a song and dance for you? Yeah. Like from what? Well, not like an established show tune. Like he'll usually make up his own song or just make How me feel f- silly for being so upset about everything. Uh, like he's good at that, at like oh, that stuff. Oh, is that yeah. like good? It's like kind of bad at first, but then good later. It's really good at first. And then it's like for a long time. And then yeah. I realize that and it's, then it's, it's like, good. Fine. Yeah, I know. I don't yeah. know how any of it really works, but I'm happy that we're we're trying to this thing called being married to each other. It's so far, it's real fun. When you like, we're doing sex scenes. Yeah, I know. Like, the bring it typ- on. It's a typical question, right? Yeah, because I finished that show now a few years ago. I don't get to be asked questions about sex anymore. I kind of miss it. Well, how was it? All my sex scenes are like stupidly comedic. Yeah. I have like That's much harder. I don't know. I just think comedy is sort of harder anyway. But it's yeah, it's it's very weird with like this separation now. But like since I had to do that stuff all the time, now like I can't watch it and the thought of actually doing any of that utterly horrifies me. Really why? Yeah, I don't know. I should think about it more. I want to say maybe I've gotten pruder, but it's not that. I, now that it's so everywhere and so many shows and watching other actors do sex scenes, the whole thing is just so embarrassing that when I think about myself doing it, I mean, I guess that's like the basic obvious answer. I could get through shooting it. I didn't mind shooting it. I would have to like forget that it would ever be on TV and people would be watching it. That was, that was the only way I could kind of get so you through couldn't shooting watch it. it. At first I watched it and then I wasn't able to watch it anymore. And is that because, like, the degree of intimacy? Yeah, and it's just, like, fucking embarrassing watching people have sex on TV. Yes. yeah. Like, the TV version of having sex. And I will say, Masters of Sex, we tried to show different kinds of sex, but, like, at the end of the day, it's a lot of, like, heavy breathing and titty shots. I know. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely turning into my parents. I know. I feel that. I see girls, young girls walking down the street and like their asses are hanging out of their shorts. What are the, what's going on, ladies? Yeah, I feel like definitely more uptight about it. But I also, I believed in the story so much that it felt worth it. But anything that feels like even slightly gratuitous to me, it just makes me crazy. So I wonder if that's where like porn gives the freedom of alienation but then when you're emotionally invested in characters 
then it's like, I can't, I don't know if I can be on board with this degree. Like I can't shut off that part of my brain yeah. that is, is emotionally invested in, did it sound like I watch a lot of porn? Cause I don't, <laughs> I really don't. No, it just made me think that maybe you should be working on I the should. emotional storylines of porn. My next project. <laughs> It serves a, a very good purpose for a lot of people and a very damaging purpose for some people and a super fucked up purpose for all the young kids. <laughs> Did you see, you know, on CNN, that woman, Lisa Ling, is that her name? She yeah. does like long form stories and yeah. she did one on porn yeah. and she just, I just saw this ad a hundred times. Was, would you say porn was your sexual education? She's like talking to a She said kid. it like that? Yeah. Or maybe she said sex ed, but she said it like that. And the guy was like, would you say absolutely that? And that was the kid. Yeah. Would you say porn is your sexual education? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. No, I do feel bad for the generation of kids where that is true. When we were younger, it was somebody's dad had playboys and, you know, maybe an old tape of something. But for the most part, it wasn't like. You could watch literally anything you want, whenever you want, on your phone. That's that's fucked up. I, I agree with you, but are we a bunch of old ladies? For sure. I'm like the ultimate dinosaur. I sit around just fearing about the youth and what will become of them. Hey, dear listeners, this week's episode of Unqualified is brought to you in part by Native Deodorant. Native is a natural deodorant that I'm really loving. There are about 12 cents from which you can choose, including four limited edition seasonal selections. All of them are aluminum-free, which means that they're safe and they have the combination of natural ingredients that make them just as effective. Native's lavender and rose deodorant is really helping me with the challenge of performing live every week. I've thought about all the compliments I've been getting lately, which led me to wonder uh, what everyone was really afraid of telling me before I discovered Native. (laughs) Next week, I'm going to give uh, cucumber and mint a try. So Native is the real deal, and they have over 8,000 five-star reviews to prove it. For those of you afraid of commitment, they offer free returns and exchanges, so you have nothing to lose. Native has a special offer for unqualified listeners. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com. And use promo code ANA during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com and using promo code ANA during checkout. Today's episode of Unqualified is brought to you in part by Rakuten. Rakuten is a free member-based loyalty program where members earn up to 40% cash back at over 3,000 amazing stores. The way that it works is that Rakuten gets a commission from the retail partners and then shares it with their members. It's really simple and easy to use. You or Michael Sherman can set it up in just a couple of minutes. Then you just shop at your favorite stores and buy the things you were planning to buy anyhow. There are no points to redeem. All you have to do is cash the check they send you. The holidays are just around the corner, which of course means holiday shopping is just around the corner. Use Rakuten to get easy cash back on almost everything you buy. That's cash back on gifts for your family and friends, groceries for that big family meal, even plane tickets and hotels. I used Rakuten to shop at the New York Times store and ordered my mom a cookbook with my favorite New York Times recipes. Rakuten is available on your phone, desktop, or tablet for easy shopping. All you have to do is download Rakuten, that's spelled R-A-K-U-T-E-N, shop normally and expect a check in the mail. 
rack up cash back all holiday season long. Thank you, dear listeners. By supporting our sponsors, you support Unqualified. Okay, so here's what's happening, Lizzie. And thank you so much for your patience. I love this. Really? Yeah. Okay, thanks. Okay, so here's what we're doing. We're calling people. Great. Hello? Hi, is this Elizabeth? Yes. Hi, it's Anna. And Lizzie. Hi. How are you? And will you tell us what's going on? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, so, yeah, my predicament, I guess, um, is... So I've been dating this guy for a little over two years since we first went out. He's really nice. We, like hang out, we like go to the movies, get dinner, play video games. His family is really nice and everything, but there are definitely some issues with the relationship. So like, he's a little bit immature. Like both of us are almost 30. Um, and he still lives at home, which isn't necessarily a problem, but he definitely like acts spoiled. Like he will be like eating dinner with his family and he just like, doesn't participate at all in the conversation and he just kind of like zones out and he does that when like hanging out with friends too which is a little bit annoying and some of his friends are younger so it just seems like he's on a different timeline I guess than me as far as maturity level goes and then I guess the bigger thing is that he's actually asexual which it took me a while to like figure out I just thought that he was like being really polite in the beginning or maybe that he was a virgin And it took me a while to confront him about it. And so, like, we haven't actually had sex either, which is, like, a big thing. But I really like him as a friend and as a person. um, And I really care about him. But I've never been the person to end a relationship before. And I don't really know how to do that without getting overly emotional. And also, I still do, like, want to be friends with him. But I just feel like we're not sexually compatible or like relationship timeline wise compatible. (laughs) I hope I don't sound overly simplistic, but I feel like you're at a point in your life where you should be adored and you shouldn't have to be searching for love and companionship in this way. You know what I mean? It seems like everything is kind of on his terms. Mm -hmm. Other than you have never been the one to end a relationship and you mentioned that you're afraid it might get like emotional in breaking it off of them. Is that what you're afraid of in ending it? Uh, yeah. Well, like I kind of tried to end things and then I just couldn't do it in person. I guess my question is if it was to become an emotional conversation, why mm-hmm. would that necessarily be so bad? Why is that not okay? Yeah. Like, I, I know people saying. don't want to <laughs> ever feel uncomfortable. Like, as human beings, we always try to avoid anything that makes us even slightly uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. I've definitely found as I get older that if you can face those kind of emotional things, you end up much stronger on the other side of it. And the thing is, you realize, oh, nobody gets hurt. Uh, I mean, other than their feelings get hurt, which is valid, but like nobody's going to die from this. You'll both survive. And it's actually really healthy to be able to practice 
being honest in a relationship for the relationship in the future that fulfills you in ways that this one doesn't. Mm-hmm. I agree with Lizzie. I don't think this is the person that you should be with, at least right now. He's in like a childish frame of mind. Yeah. So, so when you want things from him, he's still a little bit of a boy and he can't give them to you. What of in the relationship is romantic as opposed to, because it sounds like more of a close friendship. So what feels more romantic? What are the romantic elements that you are afraid you will be missing if you try to transition into just being buddies? We don't have sex, but we do like cuddle a lot. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm just worried about that transition being weird. I feel like we just lay on the couch and cuddle and watch movies. But I do totally feel like with what you're saying, like it is frustrating that everything is kind of like on his terms, especially like we've never really had sex, but we had done like some sexual stuff, but yet it's always like when, when he's like in the mood or in the place, you know, for it. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't think. So yeah, uh, that is really frustrating. I don't like this guy for you right now. I mean, who knows? Like maybe in a couple years, I care about you. I care about love. I care about our listeners. And I do think that you uh, just should feel fucking happy and totally and have and have like somebody who is really excited to see you and really excited to be with you. And until you have that, I I don't know. I I don't know how (laughs) painful it would be for you to um, sever the relationship with this guy but that would be my advice. We can go through painful experiences and that's part of being a human being. You're not asking for a lot. Like wanting to have sex with your boyfriend yeah. is not a big ask. And it yeah. it won't be for the people you're with in the future. Like I think mm-hmm. having talked to you for five seconds, you will probably look back on this relationship. And when you're in the next one, that's a little bit more 50-50, and be like, oh, man, I'm I'm glad that I was brave enough to step out of that because it really wasn't working for me. Yeah, I think I just need to be brave enough to to end things, I guess. You can do it. And also, <laughs> you should know that like every proper person who's ever had an emotional experience in life has gone through exactly what you're dealing with. True. The idea of like, am I good enough? Why doesn't this person like me more? That is a normal and healthy part of developing. I'm still going through it. I'm 42. (laughs) I don't think it ever ends. (laughs) Maybe it doesn't ever end. (laughs) I don't know if I'm right. I think you're right. But I would ask people in your life that you trust, you know, if you're close with your parents or siblings, I would ask them what they think because I I bet that they'll want to protect you. Mm -hmm. And you should, one should, a woman should, and this is definitely a lesson that I learned when I was around the same age as you, is that it's not selfish or mean or anything to put your own needs and your own happiness You don't want to hurt his feelings, but like you deserve to have the life that you want to have. You know, you're not going to have it because you don't want to have a tough conversation with the guy that sounds like he might not deserve you. 
That's right. I think that's what I need to like learn and like get into my head. That idea. It's hard. (laughs) It's so hard. It's really hard. And then you do it and then it's never as bad as the anticipation and the anxiety leading up to doing it. It just isn't. Yeah. You will be so much happier. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to try and be brave and be strong and do it. (laughs) I know that we're going to get a lot of response from your call because so many people can relate to this. So please keep in touch. Mm -hmm. I definitely will give you an update. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks, Anna. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye. Nice to meet you. Bye. No. Hello. Hi, Melanie. It's Anna Ferris. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm great. I'm here with Lizzie Kaplan. Hello. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? Um, I am great and ready to advise. (laughs) Um, So we were just looking over your letter. Will you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Yeah. So I just turned... 30 a couple weeks ago. And I'm kind of at that point in my life where most of my close friends are in significant relationships or are engaged or are married. I have been single since I was about 22. And I've dated people on and off, but nothing super serious. Over the past you know, better part of a decade, I've been really focused on my career. I work kind of in a non-traditional career path. I'm in disaster response. And so I've kind of gone all over the country for the past few years and dating hasn't really been a super big priority for me. Um, It's always been a little bit difficult for me because I will have to kind of drop everything at a moment's notice and deploy and be gone for weeks at a time. Or I've been in situations where I've been on dates and we'll get a phone call and then have to leave because there's been like a tornado that's happened in my territory. And I'll be like, sorry, got to go, you know, and that's kind of a hard thing to explain. And so I'm, you know, at this point now where I've been single for so long, but I'm starting to kind of want to get back out there and date. And I don't have a problem with meeting people. I get asked out pretty frequently, but I am where it's like guys will start getting that funny look on their face and they'll pull their phone out and I just immediately get terrified and I'm just terrified of dating and I just have this like thing that goes through my head the second they pull their phone out. I just see the rest of my life for the next like 40 years sitting on the couch, watching TV on Saturday nights. (laughs) I am a very independent person and I'm afraid of losing a lot of that independence. And I'm afraid of losing the things I really like about myself and feeling like if I get into a relationship, I'm going to have to sacrifice that stuff. And I've been listening to the podcast for a long time. And one of the reasons I felt like, hey, I should call in about this is I hear so many of the guests that come on talk about, you know, in Hollywood, one of the the things that's really hard is, you know, with with your jobs is 
finding people who understand that, the work culture and finding somebody who gets that. And so just, I just wanted to ask for your advice. All right. First of all, Melanie, I'm terrible at this, Um, but I really am. Uh, So do you have a lot of desire to be in a relationship? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is it like you want to or you feel like you should? I do have a desire to to be in one, yes. Is it because of like, do you live alone or is it because like your parents are pressuring you? No, I don't have any, yeah, I don't have any, like, outside pressure from my family or anything like that. I actually am at a point now in my life where I feel like this is something that I think that I want. Like, I feel like this will add to my life. Like, I think that it will be a good thing. And what would be the perfect, like, if you could forget about, like, oh, this is not realistic or whatever. Like, what would be the total ideal mate for you? What does that look like if it's not sitting on the couch and watching TV? So like what, who is this? I think somebody that has their own thing going on too. Somebody that's also pretty ambitious. And then at the end of the day, what we have together is the strength of our relationship and the love that we have for each other. And that's what our relationship is based on rather than necessarily the necessity to always have to be with each other 24 seven. So somebody who can understand that maybe my job and my schedule isn't going to always facilitate that happening. It seems to me like you are feeling the pressure to conform, but you don't want to. I think that you are feeling the need to explore, but your need for exploration is sort of rooted in a relationship hunt. When it seems to me like it might be something different. I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. It does sound like there's a bit of conflict because, listen, when we turn 30, it is a it's a heavy thing. Like when you turn 30, when you turn 40, you take stock of everything. And especially if your friends are all starting to settle down and all of that, because I remember when I would date and I would actually get as much of a kick out of a terrible date as a great date because it's all just life and hilarious and aren't people stupid and weird. Yeah. And going into it that way made the notion of dating like a lot less scary. Do you know where that comes from? Like the fear of going on a date? Because if it's a bad date, you know, who cares really? Other than, you know, if it's like something horrible and dramatic happens, but we're not talking about that. Yeah, I don't know. And it's definitely not a fear of commitment per se or it's almost like a fear of like domesticity or a fear of like oh i totally relate to that yeah big time yeah if you were on a date with somebody and then they were like oh there's a hurricane i gotta go save the world like that's so badass i would think that that would make you like these guys would then follow you there do you not meet guys who are also these like adventurous emergency people wouldn't that be perfect? Unfortunately, in my industry, there's not really a lot of young men running around. So Interesting. I not an industry full of young men. Oh, Melanie. Well, All I, right. I have one more thing to say, too, yeah. but after you. No, no, no. My was... other thing was I totally can relate to and understand the idea of living a really independent life and having things the way you want to have them. And then you meet Fuck somebody yes. and then you're committed to them. And no matter what, 
you're going to have to compromise on some of that independence. Like, and then you get a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes you get a divorce, but like that whole, I do whatever I want. I'm a lone wolf. Like you cannot be that in a relationship. So I understand why that is tricky and scary if you've lived this way for so long. But what I found, and I was like really independent and like that, and like couldn't really wrap my head around like giving that up. But when you do have to compromise on stuff and you are forced into that vulnerable position of compromising, it actually leads to something really quite beautiful. And it doesn't feel like you're giving up on a part of yourself. You still get to do all your independent stuff, but you're not only living a life for yourself. You're living a life for this family you've created. I don't know. I just got married. I've gotten rose tinted glasses on. <laughs> Well, congratulations. Hey, Melanie, will you please keep in touch? Your question is, it's complicated. And I know we're going to get a lot of feedback on it. Yeah, and just go on these dates yeah, with these yeah. guys. Just do it. Like, you really have nothing to lose. And I guarantee the guy that it's going to be is going to be the one that, like, you would never imagine that it would be this guy. And, like, you're willing to sort of compromise on X, Y, and Z for this person. And they, like, enrich your life. And they came out of nowhere. And you weren't expecting it. And you were independent. But you have to say yes to going on the date. Don't feel age pressure, please. Yeah. I'm 42. Yeah. Don't feel age pressure. Just All go right. on dates. They're silly right. and stupid. Just I'll, do it. Yeah. I'll say yes to somebody eventually. Oh, good. Nice. Good. <laughs> okay. Thank you, ladies. Thanks so much. Bye, Thank Ellen. you. I really want to. I really want oh, to solve all their problems. You were amazing. I know. No, you're amazing. I can't thank you enough for being here. Can we please? Thanks. Yeah, I'm around. And dude. also, I keep staring at your bandaged finger, so but disgusting. I don't really want to ask you about it because it's, oh, medical stories are so boring. I know. It's a, my dog leash. That's it. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thank you, Lizzie. <laughs> What's oh, that? Oh yeah. Hey, hey, Lizzie. What are you promoting? Oh, <laughs> I'm promoting. Castle Rock. Oh! Season 2 premieres on Hulu, hmm. October 23rd. <sighs> and you should watch it. <laughs> yeah. Most deaf. I'm going to start my own podcast. Great. Great. And I'm going to do it all in a trucker cap. <laughs> Hey, dear listeners, we are attempting a grand experiment. Help us build the unqualified community. Please write down or record your stories and send them to Anna at unqualified.com. Or you can send a letter or postcard to unqualified P.O. Box 528-15332 Antioch Street. That's spelled A-N-T-I-O-C-H. Pacific Palisades, California, 90272. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you. <laughs>